Welcome to the Cannabis Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Earl Carruthers, and I have been a serial cannapreneur in the growing, processing, and retail space for over eight years. And we are here to learn together to get a well-balanced understanding of cannabis and cannabis products. Tune in every week for quality cannabis education for your canna inspiration. Hello, hello, hello. And what up, doll? Should be live at this moment. Welcome to the Cannabis Connect Show. This is the Cannabis Therapy Podcast, meant to give you a balanced understanding of cannabis and cannabis products. Yes, we are here live. This is a live show, so you can go into the comments and you can say what's up. Uh, we're going to be talking about the top eight factors to consider when opening a cannabis dispensary. Yes, the top eight factors to consider when opening a cannabis dispensary. We should have some uh, special guests coming in. Uh, we have some realtors that should be joining us at some point. Nevertheless, uh, we are going to be talking about that. We got a lot of questions about uh, where can you open up shop? Uh, how can you open up shop and all that jazz? Let me make sure my volume is good. If you guys can hear me, let me know out there. Make sure we are cool. But we are going to be getting into this right away. Uh, yes, this is the Cannabis Connect series of our Cannabis Therapy Podcast. I have a little bit different of a background, and that is because I am away. I am celebrating my wedding anniversary. Yes, I am. This is going on 11 years. Uh, well, I think three or four may be married, but... Uh, of that three or four, uh, we are together 11 years. So yes, I am out and about, but nevertheless, I am committed to delivering this show live twice a month, every third Wednesday of the month. And I believe, uh, the last Wednesday of the month as well. So we do it live. We do have four shows every single week. Hello, hello, hello out there. Who says afternoon Earl? It just tells me Facebook user. I can, I can, I can, I can show it to you unless you log in and give it, you know, your, Access, but nevertheless, you ain't gotta do all that. It's all good. Thank you for being interactive. Thank you for checking this out. Yes, we are gonna be talking about the top eight factors when opening a cannabis dispensary. We're gonna talk about real estate, we're gonna talk about how to find that right location. A lot of people want to get into the business, but all that passion, all that want to, um, all that skill from whatever growing or you know, knowing all about weed, smoking a lot about weed. But unless you got the location, none of that shit matters, to be honest with you. So we're going to talk about the eight factors to consider when opening your cannabis dispo. So, all right. Uh, thank you for saying happy anniversary. I thank you very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, much love, much love. love. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, non-alcoholic uh, tequila over there. <laughs> Not really. Uh, all that jazz. What's up, Harvey? What up, though? What's up? What's up? What's up? Yes, yes, yes. So, all right, let me uh, let me put my slides here. We got some uh, some notes. We I'm gonna go through uh, what is going on today. Let me make sure I am live. All right, we are live. We got people tuning in. What's up, everybody? Uh, let me know if you can hear me pretty good. Can you hear me pretty good? Is a is the sound cool? I got spotty internet where I'm at, so let's make sure I'm good. If you can hear me. There's a little delay between me saying something and then actually the comment. So I'll wait a little bit. Let me put my slides up here. 
right, all right, all right, cool. So we're gonna be talking about thank you, thank you. Sounds good, cool. All right, all right, all right. So ask me questions as I go. Um, I put together some notes, I put together some tips on how we can choose the really top eight. There's eight things to consider when you're trying to choose that location. Um, we're going to be talking about more about real estate. So it's not necessarily, um, well, some of this does apply towards growing, but we're going to try to talk more about the retail side of things. But even if you're in retail, um, normally um, some of these things default also for growing. So we're going to kind of jump into that right now. So every city, uh, let me get my slides going on here. Boom. Click. All right. Live. Cool. All right. So there's a lot of factors. Every state, every township has different scenarios. So you have to understand just because something's cool in Detroit doesn't mean it's cool in Roloke. Just because something's cool in Oklahoma doesn't mean it's cool over here in Michigan. Every state and then also every city has its own things to consider, um, which we have to be mindful of. Um, and really what it comes down to me, from my understanding, the rubber meets the road. You got the state, you have townships or counties, and then you have the municipalities, but then the local municipalities is where the rubber meets the road. So you may have Wayne County that's going to be telling you, um, you know, where you can open up and things like that. But each city within Wayne County actually has different standards, actually has different places where you can open up. And one of the first things that every city that say we're in Wayne County that actually considers is the zoning. So the number one thing you want to consider when you're looking at your location is the zoning as to where your type of business is going to be allowed. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with zoning, um, some cities have different things such as you know, B1, Business District 1, Business District 2, Business District 3, Business District 4. Um, and it can go up to 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then there's, uh, there's special districts. Then there's industrial districts. There's industrial that could be level one, level two, level three, level four. And all these different levels matter because you can say, you know, you think you got industrial, but maybe just growing is only allowed in industrial two or more. And you got a building that's in industrial one. Well, you put all that money up there and now what are you going to do? Well, you're going to be sitting on that and try to flip that to, to do something else other than what you're trying to get in the business for. So zoning is heavily key. Um, usually in all across a lot of states, industrial zones is pretty much across the board where, where they allow marijuana. And part of that is because, again, it's, a, it's about education. I mean, a lot of us still are trying to convince those who are in office that weed is not a nuclear weapon. They, they, we still believe that, oh, you know, if weed happens downtown, you know, the kids are going to start eating each other and people are going to be raping and doing all crazy. It doesn't happen. That reefer madness is still heavily, even though you start seeing things medically um, legislated to be legal, things are recreationally or adult use, doesn't mean the war on drugs is ended. It is still alive and people are still getting arrested around the same time um, at the same percentage rate that it was pre-legalization, believe it or not. Uh, especially federally, I believe the federal arrest actually went up. So just because, you know, we think that, well, things are legalized and we can just drop our guard and think everything's all cool. That's not true. So when it comes to zoning, a lot of those who are in office, the city councils still kind of getting that riffraff and even from, from, from residents. So city councils have their, their, their job is supported by the local residents. They have to get voted in. 
So there's a lot of local residents, a lot of local Detroiters say don't want businesses in their certain area. So therefore, the city council had to create different zonings to try to appease everybody. So not just in Detroit, just every city uh, worldwide where there is legalized cannabis, where there's, micro, where there's adult use or medical, the zoning is tricky. And that's mainly because of what the people in that area want. Some people just don't want it downtown. Again, they think it brings violence or they think, and it's not that, it's actually prohibition that brings violence. You know, it's the fact that if, if you prohibit tomatoes, what's going to happen? People going to start, you know, raiding grocery stores for tomatoes. I mean, it's because it's prohibition. It's not the, the actual object. It is what is being prohibited. So if you legalize weed, then yeah, it's, it's not going to be this, you know, let me, uh, you know, create this quote unquote black market of weed. It wouldn't be one. It'd just be, who cares? Just like tomatoes. But now when you prohibit something, just like alcohol back in the day, that it is supply and demand. It creates a supply and demand scenario. So that's why we have these zoning challenges. I to give you that. But the first thing first, when you're trying to find a location, whether it's for growing, whether it's for processing, whether it's for um, trying to be a retail store or a safety compliance store, it does come down to zoning. So zoning is huge. Zoning is huge. Um, now, another thing locally as well, um, you want to consider is that a lot of that zoning, they may say, all right, it's cool for you to be in in, in a industrial area. It's cool for you to be in business district, you know, three, four, five. That's cool for you to do that. But on top of that, what up, though? What up, though, Wells? No, I'm getting your comments. I'm getting you. I'm getting your comments. What up, Rob? I appreciate that. Appreciate that. So the, the second thing to consider as well is we have to look at the prohibitions or where they prohibit the distance of where your location could be. And the most popular places where you are not allowed to be around is schools, playgrounds, churches, and parks. That is across the board, whether you're in California, whether you're in Michigan, whether you're in Washington, whether you're in Oregon. Usually if you even have a location that's in a industrial area and it is near a park, a park that you didn't know was a park. Maybe that park just was an open field that you just thought it was dirt and grass. But no, nope, maybe there's a swing set that's still there that's kind of rusted. That is still considered a park. Um, and it's you know, until the park becomes an unpark um, through the zoning or through the uh, what you call it, planning commission, all that jazz, it's still a park. So if you're within uh, usually 1,000 feet, some are 500, some are 750, but the rule of thumb is usually 1,000 feet from a park from a playground, from a church, and from a school. So even if you're approved or you found a building that's in a location that is cool within a zoning area, so you're in B2, all right, bet. They said that recreational stores are good in B2. You go through the city map and you see where all the B2 areas are. You start driving around, you look at it, you find a building, and then, all right, cool, you find a B2, but then you know what? There's a church next door. Or you know what? There's a park. And then also control substances. So that means pharmacies and also liquor stores. So you, within, if you're within a thousand feet of a pharmacy or a liquor store, but you're in an approved zoning area, there you go. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to get that location. So, yeah, I mean, location, I, I get, I'm not trying to discourage you. I know it's tough, but you have to consider these things before you get into real estate and trying to find that location where you're going to actually, you know, put down a down payment or you're going to try to sign that lease. Unless you consider and think these things through, you're going to be asked out. So that's the other thing. Another thing locally uh, to consider as well 
is the ordinances. So you have you have to look at zoning. We're like, well, wh well, where do I figure out where the zoning is allowed? Is it B two? I'm saying I'm saying these numbers. You're like, well, what does B two mean? What does M two mean? What does three? Uh, what does M four mean? Well, in every city and in, in every township, they will create an ordinance when they are approving medical or adult use cannabis. So, for example, in Detroit, um, there is a medical ordinance. And they just created a adult use ordinance. And within that ordinance, it tells you exactly where you can operate. It tells you in each different type of business type. So whether you are growing 100 plants, 1,500 plants, uh, where you're growing you know, 10,000 plants, it tells you where those businesses can go. Whether you're trying to open up a retail store, whether you are trying to do a, a transportation business, or you are doing a processing where you're making different products, the ordinance, the city ordinance tells you exactly where you can open up. So therefore, if you are trying to open up a location, what do you do first? What do you do? If you're out there, let me know what do you do first. You want to look at the city that you're looking to operate in. You can call them on the phone. You can go online and ask them for their marijuana ordinance, whether it's medical or adult use ordinance. And that ordinance is going to tell you where you can go as far as zoning, for the business type that you're looking for. And then from that point, you know, you're now looking at locations, you're driving around looking to see what's going on with that. So first thing is zoning. Second thing you wanna look at is the ordinances, which is key. Another thing too, that is huge when you're trying to find that location is that there's always, when you're doing your application, um, we have to do this business plan, whether it's growing, whether it's retail, the, the common factors across every single state is about security. And of course, you know, we we still have, again, this is going back to, I get the reefer madness. You think there's weed, weed brings violence. And it's not the weed itself. Again, people, it is the prohibition of weed that brings about violence. If you prohibit marshmallows, people will start slanging marshmallows on the beaches in a backpack talking about, I got these marshmallows. All right. This is not the product itself. It is the prohibit, uh, what is the word? The prohibition of that product that brings about the violence and brings about a underground market. Um, but nevertheless, because of that prohibition that still is around, security is a big issue. No matter what state you're in, no matter what city you're in, they're gonna talk about security. They're gonna, you know, sky's falling, there's there's weed involved, you know, children apparently are gonna come out, come out of middle school and try to trickle over there. Um, doesn't really happen, but um, they think, you know, people are gonna be driving their cars into bricks and. You know, so much cash flinging around, I, I get, but security is going to be a big thing. So when you're thinking about your building, you're going to be thinking about how you can secure the place because in order to get your license, you're going to have to adhere and um, be compliant with those security requirements. You can't argue through that. So nevertheless, when you find that building in the right zone, according to the ordinance, you want to think about, all right, how can I secure this place? That is a big thing because that's going to come into play no matter what well-equipped security, not just having a security guard, you know, 24 seven or um, a guard coming in at checkpoint, which brings me to the next point. Security is a big thing, whether that's your cameras, uh, whether you have patrol, you have someone physically there as a presence, but no matter what, you got to have an entry point. So when you're finding that location, you have to consider when people are going to enter that location and particularly retail, we're talking about retail right now. There's usually a check-in. No matter what, when you first come in, it's not like when you come in a Target, it's like, wham, you know, you got some pretzels, you got some clothes, you got, 
you know, the shopping uh, checkout areas, you got the clothing, um, the furniture. You just can't just walk in and see all that stuff. You have to have some kind of, excuse me, check-in process. So usually there's like, almost like you think about when you go to the dentist. Um, I don't know what type of dentist you go to, but usually when I go to the dentist, there's a door, um, I open up the front door, and then there's this lobby area. And the lobby area um, is it's, it's enclosed and there's a door to even get behind the lobby area. When you go to the lobby area, you're checking in, talking about, hey, you know, my name is Earl, I'm here for my appointment. I'm signing my things, they're verifying who I am. Okay, I have a seat. When they call me, I go in. So that's usually you have to consider that when you're trying to do a retail location. It's not just like this big open market. You got to consider, all right, this is my building. And does this building have an area where I can check people in? Um, that is key. So talk about zoning. We're talking about your ordinances. And then we're also talking about security. And then now we just talked about, you got to consider, excuse me, I have the eyelash in my, in, my, in my eye there. It's okay. You know, I still got lashes keeping it fresh people. Uh, nevertheless, um, then your entry point. All right. What's next after that? Uh, retail. We're talking about this retail location. The key thing to consider is parking. Parking is huge as well because you're going to have people coming in and out. A lot of us, um, if you're, you know, you look at a building like, cool, this is great. It's in this industrial area or it's in this business district. But yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it's in a business district where it's like a shopping mall, a shopping mall um, where you limited parking. Maybe there's a nail salon there. There's some food there. Um, there's another store there. And then it's like your store. How many of those parking spaces are allotted to you? How many people can actually come in and out of that? That is all considering, I mean, how many, what, what, your, what your capacity is. So parking is huge. If you have a building, but there's no parking lot and it's just street parking, all right, well, you got to consider it. Like in Detroit, if you're over 2,000 square feet, then you know, parking is really considered. If you're under 2,000, square feet as far as getting your permit, parking is not really considered. So therefore they can park on the streets or different lots as well. If there's a, if there's a, um, one of those parking structures nearby. So you got to think about parking and how big your building is. That is key as well when you're trying to choose that re that retail location. So you find that building, whether you're in, in a industrial area and say you found this industrial building, maybe it's used for uh, machinery, maybe it was used for welding, whatever it is. And you weren't really considering parking because you maybe have 10, 12 employees and the parking wasn't really set up for you know, a target type market or some kind of Walmart scenario. You got to think that through. All right, where are people going to park? Do I have to pave the parking? Um, can I create a parking lot? Can people park on the street? Is it going to be enough so I can um, get approved through zoning? So you got to think that through when it comes to parking. Um, that is key. So, all right, Jen, I know you're out there, Jen. I thank you for, for joining. Um, if there are if our guests come in here, let me know. Or if you can shoot them a message. Uh, we have some realtors that are supposed to be joining us as well. I was going to give us some of their tips as well as far as um, finding their retail location. But nevertheless, we keep the shit moving no matter what. And I am here to give you my best advice as far as when it comes to finding your best retail location. Because I believe it or not, I've been through the ringer on this shit. All right. So the next thing here is traffic. So now this is, you think about, one of the, the big things in business, you, would, you, know, you took a business marketing class or you, you know, read a business book. They always talk about location, 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 location. One of the things with cannabis is, I mean, you could really be in a shitty ass location and people are going to come if you have the right product, if you have the right service and you have what it takes to survive in that industry. 
So, and this is a little bit different. I, I, I do agree though. If you can find a location that meets what we're about to talk about right now, as far as, you know, uh, where traffic can come in and out, is it too busy? If, like say, for example, if you're on, you know, eight mile where traffic is um, a B when it comes around five o'clock or just construction, people are just going to actually just not go there. They're going to just go somewhere that's more convenient. So you got to think that through as far as traffic, there's certain hours um, that is going to prevent people from coming to my retail store. You need to think that stuff through. Um, another thing is highways. A big thing is, for example, not every state we got to consider. If you're looking at a retail store, not every state is legalized. So if you could find a location that is great near a highway, where, for example, if you're coming from Ohio and you're what, what freeway is key to Michigan and Ohio? 75. So you're getting on 75. And I can see so you find a location that's clear near 75 near the Ohio border or, or even Indiana. Um, or if you're in Chicago, you're thinking about all the other states. You talk about Wisconsin, like all these different states where there's not recreational yet or medical. Think about the fact that you could pick, get a location and you're not surviving just on your state's market, but the people that's coming out of state as well. So highways could be key when you're looking at your location. Um, and then traffic patterns, you know, getting getting in and out um, is 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 a big thing too. So now I'm not going to say this is an end all be all. If, if you're in the right zone um, and, and you found a location that is not near a park, not near a liquor store, not near one of the, the schools and you're not near a highway, I still think you can survive with a cannabis business because real estate becomes very scarce when it comes to this type of business. So even though you may not be near prime real estate when it comes to retail store, you can still survive because people still will go out their way to find your location because there's just not that many legalized locations based upon it's not that much real estate to supply as many people who actually want to open these type of businesses. So traffic is a big thing. However, if you couldn't find a location near this you know, freeway or near that's in and out, you still can survive in this business because of the supply and demand, pretty much. That's my thing on that. Um, and then demographics competition. Um, that's it's a big thing. Like in Michigan, you can go to um, MRA, which is the Michigan Regulation, uh, M-R-R-A-T, Michigan Marijuana Regulation and Tax Act, M Merkma. There we go. You can go to their website. If you just Google Michigan Marijuana, you go to their website and you can find out every location that is up and running with a retail license. You can go in there on a map and it's meant to be like a finder for if you're a customer trying to find, all right, where can I go? But you can use it on a business side to see, all right, where's everybody open at? All right, I see on this map in Michigan that no one's you know, here or here or here or here. Then you can start finding different cities to find that. So same thing in like, you know, if you're in Chicago, if, if you're in Illinois, you want to find a location where there's not a lot of competition, that'd be great. But even if there is competition, believe it or not, you can, just like how Lowe's open up right next to Home Depot and they're still able to eat right next to it, both of them are busy as heck. And you'd be like, man, it was that many people that were willing to go to Lowe's. And I thought Home Depot, you know, had it all. But there's still that many people right next to it that were willing to go to Lowe's. It's the same thing when you open up a dispo. But believe it or not, there's people who maybe not want to wait in line. There's other people who just, you know, may not just want to go to that location, not feeling that brand, not feeling the people that work in there. You could still open up right next to a um, another retail store and still survive as well. So think about that when you're looking to open up that location. 
But don't be discouraged if you are opening up where there's a lot of people. In Detroit, at one point, I mean, believe it or not, at one point in Detroit, I mean, there was over 300 stores at one point, 300. Right now, there's maybe 40 to 50 that's operating. But it was an open market back when we had just medical only, not adult use before the state came in and regulated things. It was just adult use. It was over 300 stores because pretty much all you need to do is have a certificate of occupancy and be a caregiver. And being a caregiver in Michigan is you qualifying for a medical condition and having you know one to five patients underneath you. And therefore, a lot of people operated by a caregiver can assist a patient. And a meant any patient. You know, you can only grow for five, you can only care for five. But the interpretation from the common language was that you can assist anybody who had a card. And a lot of people did that. And that's I mean, there's over 300 stores, but everybody still, to me, was able to eat. Um, and everybody still survived. So that's over 300 stores in a one city. So don't be discouraged if you're looking at competition. You're like, man, there's three, four, five stores. Think about it. There was 300 in just Detroit alone, and everybody was still able to eat um, and, and do well. So competition is actually see it as a good thing. I wouldn't see it as a discouragement because um, I actually thought that myself. I, I thought, you know, I was in Southfield at one point and then ended up going in Detroit. And I was like, oh, man, somebody opened up in Southwest, which is like four or five, you know, well, not four or five miles. It's probably like 10, 15 miles. I was like, oh, man, they're going to be taking my customers. But it didn't at all. I mean, now they end up being 300, 200 stores right around us. And we still was able to grow um, as a business. So don't think that that competition is going to uh, knock you out on that. Another thing to, to consider, too, uh, when you're looking at your retail, is it the lease? Are you building or are you buying? If you're leasing, building or buying. Um, that is key to think about when you're looking at your retail location. If you're leasing, you got to have a lease that is going to at least give you the right to renew. Um, a lot of these leases are in favor of the landlord. You want to have an attorney actually look at your lease to ensure that it's good for a tenant as well. Because if the, you know, at the end of the, you don't want them to pull the rug underneath your feet. You went through, you got your licensing, you put all that money up, you build your business up, you build your brand up, you got your clientele up. And all of a sudden you can operate because the landlord doesn't want to renew your lease because they want to go up on rent or they, they have another, um, they want to sell the building, whatever it is. So you want to consider that you want to think that lease through from A to Z. Um, and, and, and one of the clauses for sure you want to have is like one of those automatic rights to renew. Like you have the first right to, um, what is it, uh, refuse um, a new lease. So if you got a five-year lease, you have the right to renew another five years despite the fact that it's up. Um, or other tenants want it. You have that. Like putting that clause in there is key um, as well. And making sure that the lease does, you know, articulate that this is a marijuana business. As long as it's operating on legally, you want to make sure that because otherwise they could throw you out and they're saying, oh, it's marijuana. That wasn't the use that, that they said that you could do. So think about it when leasing. If you're building, again, that's 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 a great opportunity to to build. Maybe you just acquired land. But you want to think that through as well. If you're building it up, I mean, the cost of that doesn't always cost more than you thought. You saw oh, this is going to only take me uh, a half million to build this building. It's probably going to take you a million. So you want to consider that too when you're doing that. And if you're buying a building as well, again, you just want to make sure that it's in that zone and it and it's not near any schools, any parks, any other restrictions that we talked about earlier um, in the earlier slide as well. So, all right, cool. So that's leasing and buying. And then also you want to make sure that your landlord, um, your landlord is all good with that as well. So we already talked about location, location, location. Again, my idea, um, my takeaway that it, it does matter. 
but it is not the end all be all when it comes to, re uh, to a retail store. So with that said, you know, um, those are my, those are my eight tips. Those are my eight tips on uh, when you're trying to find a location. Let me know if you have any questions out there. If you like those tips, if you didn't like it, keep it to yourself. If you did like it, uh, let me know. Uh, but basically, yeah, these are eight factors to consider when opening a dispensary. Uh, recap, we got zoning. Um, think about the schools, the parks, the businesses, the playgrounds, the churches, um, anywhere where there's children, pretty much. You want to think about that when you're choosing your retail location. Uh, look at your city ordinances um, as well. Think about security. Think about the front point of entry. Think about parking. Uh, think about traffic as well. And you want to think about the demographics, um, the, type of, the target market that you're going for. Um, is it the younger? Is it uh, baby boomers? Um, think about that as well, depending on your brand and your message, your competition. To me, again, I think competition is a good thing. Um, it's everybody can eat, especially there's synergy between each other. We have, especially with cannabis. I mean, there's so many different varieties. No one, no one store is going to have every single variety. And you can always do something different. Your story is always different. You can always be unique. So competition is there, but don't think of it as something like, oh, someone's here. I need, I need to go somewhere else. Um, and then think, of, think through, should you lease, building or buying? Ali, um, I, 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 obviously, I think if you're able to build or buy the building, I think it's best for the long term because uh, you think about, you know, McDonald's. You think about McDonald's gave pretty much gave the playbook. You think they're serving burgers and, and you think they're serving, you know, fast food. But no, they're they are in the real estate game. They, they're in prime real estate and they own their buildings. So that is key um, for long term when you get in the cannabis industry. Same thing. You want to own that building at some point down the line. Whether you start off as a lease with an option to buy later on, um, consider that as like a land contract as well. So you want to think about that too. Um, and then location, location, location um, is key. But understand with marijuana, I mean, there's people will still come to you despite where you're at. So uh, with that said, uh, check out our Cannabis Therapy Network website. We got a new website. Check it out, CannabisTherapyNetwork.org. Let me know how you like it. Uh, you can go through the website and see all of our umbrella brands. Uh, one of the umbrella brands is the Craft Cannabis Club. Uh, that is brings this show, the Cannabis Connect, is presented by the Craft Cannabis Club, but fueled by Cannabis Therapy Network. So in the Craft Cannabis Club, if you're ever in Detroit for like-minded people who want to be around people who are mature about cannabis and people who are looking to share, make connections, and grow in your knowledge and understanding of cannabis, that's what the club is about itself. And of course, if you're watching this right now, whether it is the replay, you're watching it live, or you're watching it in the hub, uh, definitely, this is Campus Therapy Podcast. Subscribe on YouTube for me. We got some little things up there about subscribing. Subscribe on YouTube. And also, check us out on iTunes now. Check us out on Spotify. Uh, man, pretty much any podcast app that you have, we are around. All right, let me check. I got any quick announcements that I'm missing. Uh, check out the Craft Hint Box. That's new. Uh, crafthempbox.org, crafthempbox.org. If you're in any state that is not in, you know, Michigan, or if, even if you're in Michigan, you're not near Detroit, we are now shipping craft box. So we pretty much, the problem is a lot of hemp products, there's a lot of posers, there's a lot of fake stuff out there. You don't know what hemp products are good. Are they going to work? There's CBD sold at gas stations now, CBD sold on, you know, on corners, but you don't know if that stuff is real or fake. We actually curate, we actually try these products and we put them in boxes every single month. You get a mystery um, item of boxes, about three to five items worth about $75 uh, worth of value. You get it for 50 bucks a month. You get a hemp box every single month. And it's a flower that we know 
is legit. That's going to help you either keep you calm or keep you um, relaxed or help you sleep um, or help you get in the mood, all that jazz as well. So that's what that is. So, all right, cool. Well, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm about to continue what I've been doing on this uh, quick getaway. Um, check out the Homegrown Weed Summit, and that is my slides. Anything else? Much love. I appreciate it. Oh, I got some private chats. I just called. They were not. They will not be on today. Will do. All right. Thank you, Jen. Uh, we kept it moving. We're good. Uh, cool. With that said, everybody, thank you. Peace out, and keep life rolling. Cool. Thanks for listening to the Cannabis Therapy Podcast. For more cannabis therapy blogs and resources, check our website, CannabisTherapyNetwork.org. Cannabis Therapy Network dot O-R-G.